Welcome to Jazz Piano Skills. I'm Dr. Bob Lawrence. It's time to discover, learn, and play jazz piano. I hope everyone is doing great. I hope you all have had a fantastic week, fantastic weekend. I hope you had a ton of fun this past week breaking apart George Gershwin's I Got Rhythm. Such a great tune, a jazz icon. I mentioned it last week, and it's worth saying again this week. One could very, very easily argue that I Got Rhythm is the most influential jazz standard of all time. Its classic 1-6-2-5 circle movement is a progression all of us must come to terms with if we hope to achieve our goal of becoming an accomplished jazz pianist. So I hope last week's podcast episode helped, helped illuminate how to begin thoroughly breaking down, breaking apart I Got Rhythm. Time spent studying I Got Rhythm is time very well spent indeed. Today's episode, today's lesson is for the beginner, the intermediate player, the advanced player, and yes, even the professional player. Because honestly speaking, <laughs> not all professional players have all the skills I am going to teach today under their fingers. I know this to be true because I know a lot of professional players. And today we are going to discover, learn, and play various minor arpeggio treatments. You're probably asking, what are minor arpeggio treatments? And why are they important? Excellent questions. You should be asking these questions all of the time about every jazz piano skill. And if you have a teacher that cannot answer such questions concisely and with clarity, then my advice to you is to get a new teacher quickly. So today, the very first thing I'm going to do is answer both of your questions. But before I do, I want to thank so many of you for becoming Jazz Piano Skills members. As I announced last week, Jazz Piano Skills converted to a membership format allowing members access to all educational content, to all educational podcast guides for every Jazz Piano Skills podcast episode, all Jazz Piano Skills interactive and sequential courses, all Jazz Piano Skills master classes, and of course, personal educational support provided by me. Well, the conversion has been a huge success with many of you becoming members right away, and I am thrilled. Thank you so much. I hope you are loving having access to all of the educational content and services. It's just as exciting on this end to know that all of the great resources at Jazz Piano Skills are now at your fingertips, literally, on demand, anytime you need them, 24-7. Very, very cool. 
for those of you listening for the first time, I want to personally invite you to join Jazz Piano Skills. There are three membership packages to choose from, all of them ridiculously economical, ranging from $1.67 a day to $0.67 a day. Yes, you heard you heard me correctly. I know. It's crazy, right? It's amazing. Take a second to visit jazzpianoskills.com to get all of the details. And of course, join. Okay, let's get down to business. Let's discover, learn, and play minor arpeggio treatments. So today, you're going to discover multiple minor arpeggio treatments. You're going to learn how to construct minor arpeggio treatments. And you're going to play the minor arpeggio treatments used by many jazz greats. Jazz greats like Oscar Peterson, Red Garland, George Shearing, Herbie Hancock, Bud Powell. So again, regardless of where you are in your jazz journey, a beginner, an intermediate player, advanced player, or even the experienced professional, you will find this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson exploring minor arpeggio treatments to be enormously beneficial. Okay, first things first. Let's answer those two very important questions that I mentioned earlier. What are minor arpeggio treatments and why are they important? Minor arpeggio treatments are simply various ways to play an arpeggio or a melody line, which, of course, an arpeggio is. It's a melody. The five treatments we are going to explore today are single note, unison line, octave with added fifth, locked hands, and fourthy structures. Now, the answer to question number two, why are they important? By learning how to apply different treatments to an arpeggio, we begin the process of learning how to apply various treatments to a melody. We begin to learn how to orchestrate as a jazz pianist. And what does it mean to orchestrate? Well, According to the dictionary on Google, it means to arrange or direct the elements of a situation to produce a desired effect. Musically speaking, it means you are artistic. And that is the ultimate goal here, right? You study music because It's an artistic endeavor, an artistic outlet. It's a way for you to be expressive. It's a way for you to be you. 
So when you can move beyond a dot button approach, and what I mean by dot button approach, I mean that approach where you're looking at a piece of music and you see a dot and it means play this note. You see another dot, it means play this note or this button, right? Dot button. That note, this button. That note, this button. That's what I call the dot button approach. So when you can begin to move beyond a dot button approach to music and to playing the piano and move toward the application and context of shapes and sounds, right, then you can begin to think about musical treatments. You can begin to think like an artist. So there you have it. Concise answers providing you with clarity as to why it is important to begin thinking about minor arpeggio treatments and why they are important. And if you have surmised that there must be major arpeggio treatments and dominant arpeggio treatments and so on, then let me be the first to confirm for you that, yes, there are indeed. And we will deal with those in upcoming Jazz Piano Skills podcast episodes. But today, today we focus on minor arpeggio treatments only. So here we go. So I'm going to model today everything using C minor. Okay? And when I speak of an arpeggio, I am speaking of the root, the third, the fifth, and the seventh. So for C minor, the C, E flat, G, and B flat. That's our arpeggio. Ascending and descending. So the very first treatment is pretty straightforward. It's going to be a single note a single note treatment. I like to call this the bud pile treatment, right? So we're going to actually practice arpeggiating C minor, the C minor sound, using the root, the third, the fifth, and the seventh only. Single note, right? Ascending and descending. With space on top and bottom, you're going to hear me play these arpeggios, and you're not going to hear me play just straight up and down. No, not how we do it. We're going to ascend. We get to the top. There's going to be a little moment, a little break, like a measure break, to assess what we just did. How was it? How did it sound? What went well? What was good? What was bad? What was ugly? Right? Then we begin our descent, we pause again at the bottom, and we go through the same assessment process. What was good? What was bad? What was ugly? Right? This is called practicing. Right? We're just not going through motions, playing notes, ascending and descending mindlessly. We have to be engaged intellectually in making some assessments as to how well we are doing. 
So when I bring the ensemble in here, you're going to hear me start off playing the uh, arpeggio using half notes first to begin, ascending and descending, and again with the space on top and bottom for assessing. Then you're going to hear me shift to quarter notes, then you're going to hear me shift to eighth notes, and then you're going to hear me improvising using those notes, just the notes of the arpeggio. That's it. I'm not using notes outside the arpeggio. I'm not using any approach notes, no, not any enclosures, half-step approachments, nothing. No fancy-smancy stuff. I'm just using the four notes of the arpeggio. And I want you to also, you know, I, you'll notice that I use half notes first. I just do it one time. Then I do quarter notes one time. Then I do eighth notes one time, ascending, descending, and then I improvise. But the reality of it is when I'm practicing, I would be playing through using half notes several times. I would be playing quarter notes several times. I would be playing eighth notes several times. But for the sake of the podcast and the demonstration, I'm going to going to go through each one just once and then a little improvisation okay so let's bring in the ensemble let's listen to single note treatment to the c minor sound right using arpeggio motion ascending and descending using the root third fifth and seventh all right so here we go let's check it out Pretty darn cool, right? It's amazing how much music you can create by simply just using the root, third, fifth, and seventh, the arpeggio of the sound, right? Again, you do not need to get fancy. I would strongly encourage you to do not bypass this process quickly and to move on to more advanced, right? putting quotes there, right? Advanced concepts, right? The better you can do single note approachment, the better the other treatments will go. It's just that simple, okay? So spend time with the single note approachment a lot. 
And right away, you're going to see why. Because our very next treatment is the unison line, or both hands, right? I like to call this the Oscar Peterson style, where we're now going to play that C, E-flat, G, and B-flat, the root, third, five, and seven. We're going to play it in both hands. Ascending and descending, okay? You can, I uh, have these just one octave apart. You can split them if you want to two octaves. But I would recommend keeping it simple uh, and closer, right? One octave apart. So again, it's going to be the exact same thing that we just did, right? You're going to hear me. I'm going to bring the ensemble in. You're going to hear me play this treatment using half notes first, then quarter notes, then eighth notes, and then a little improvisation. And again, when I improvise, I'm not going outside the arpeggio. I'm using only the root, the third, the fifth, and the seventh. That's it, okay? I really want to focus on articulation and my feel, my sound. I want to sound like a jazz pianist. So there's more to it than just simply playing the notes, right? You know that. So let's bring the arpeggio up. <laughs> let's bring the ensemble in. Let's not bring the arpeggio. Well, we'll bring the arpeggio in, but not until we bring the ensemble in. So let's bring the ensemble in, and let's listen to this unison treatment, right, of the minor arpeggio, the unison treatment, kind of Oscar Peterson style. So here we go. Let's check it out. You know, it's amazing to me, just the addition of the arpeggio in a unison line, right? Both hands playing the same thing. How that just transforms the arpeggio, presents an entirely different sound, right? That's that's the whole point of treatments, right? It's the same notes, the root, third, fifth, and seventh. However, we are approaching to our playing of those notes 
in a very different way. We're treating it in a different way, okay? I can hardly wait, right? We have three more treatments to kind of explore here today. And you know, with, you know, which just reminds me that with every Jazz Piano Scales podcast episode, episode, there's always a ton to take in. There's always a ton to digest conceptually, orally, and physically. Uh, I get it. And that, and that is why I cannot stress enough to please, please to help you digest these concepts conceptually, orally, and physically. I cannot stress enough to you to please use the educational podcast guides that I develop for each podcast episode. The illustration guide, the lead sheet guide, the play along guide. Uh, even, and if you are a member of Jazz Piano Skills, you have you have one-click access to these amazing resources. If, if you are listening to this podcast through the Jazz Piano Skills website, then you see the three orange buttons directly below the podcast player. Simply click on the button to open the educational guide. And you can use the guides right there on the screen of your smart device, or you can download them. You can print them and then take them to your piano, right? Incredibly easy, incredibly invaluable. So uh, if you are not a Jazz Piano Skills member, join. It's easy, fast, and access to the educational resources is immediate. The illustration guide helps you discover the Jazz Piano Skill conceptually. The imagery, the graphics are amazing. And your physical growth as a jazz pianist depends 100% on your mastery of the jazz piano skill mentally, your conceptual understanding. The imagery, the graphics allow you to mentally or visually digest the shapes and sounds of the lesson being taught in the podcast episode. Check out the illustration guide. The lead sheet guide uses traditional music notation to help you successfully learn the jazz piano skill physically, right? To get it under your fingers. And if you're a reader, which I strongly encourage you to become a reader, at least a functional reader, then you will love seeing the concept, the concepts placed upon the musical staff. The lead sheets are perfect to have sitting on your piano as a quick reference when you're getting the various harmonic shapes and sounds uh, under your fingers. And there are 12 lead sheets um, for each podcast episode, one for each of the 12 keys, right? I, I, every guide, the illustration guide, the lead sheet guide, the play-along guides, all the guides are always presented in all 12 keys. And speaking of the play-along guides, these are the, uh, the play-along tracks. Uh, again, for all 12 keys, and, and they are perfect to help you play the jazz piano skill being taught in the podcast episode. And the play-along tracks will help you develop a strong sense of internal time plus proper jazz feel and articulation. And I always say this, a teacher cannot teach you these essential elements of playing jazz. You must experience them in order to properly develop them. And there's no better way to do this than to use quality play-along tracks. Bottom line, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, you should be using these educational resources to expedite your musical growth. Additionally, 
as a jazz piano skills member, if you ever need help, I am always one click away. Send me a quick voicemail message using the SpeakPipe widget. That is, again, nestled directly beneath each podcast player on the Jazz Piano Skills website. Send me a voice message, and I will send you one back with an answer. It's a very cool technology. And if you are, for some reason, a scaredy cat, and you're afraid to send me a voice message, then post your question in the private Jazz Piano Skills forum or the private Jazz Piano Skills Facebook group. And let the Jazz Piano Skills community help you. Or if you want, attend the Thursday evening Jazz Piano Skills Masterclass at 8 p.m. Central Time. And get your, get your questions answered face-to-face. So many ways to get help. And again, my entire goal here is to provide you with the very best jazz piano lessons, the very best jazz piano educational materials, and the very best jazz piano support available anywhere today. Okay, let's take a look at treatment number three. Minor arpeggio treatment number three. This treatment, we are going to play our arpeggio using octaves. So now we have our C, E-flat, G, and B-flat played in octaves. But we're going to drop the fifth of the octave in the middle. So when I play my C, I'm going to have a G in between them. Three notes, kind of a chime effect, right? My E flat's going to have a my E flat octaves are going to have a B flat in the middle. My G octaves are going to have a D in the middle, and my B flat octaves are going to have octave is going to have um, an F in the middle. So playing the arpeggio sounds like this now. How nice is that, right? I call this the Red Garland style. If you listen to Red Garland, you'll hear him using this quite a bit in his playing. So you can play in your left hand, play any voicing, a C minor voicing of your choice, and then play your arpeggio. Get up an octave if you want. Nice. Very nice sound, right? So let's bring the ensemble in, and let's place this into a musical context. And again, you're going to hear me play uh, the arpeggio using the octave with the fifth, the Red Garland style, first using half notes, then quarter notes, then eighth notes, and then a little improvisation, right? Again, I play the half notes one time, quarter notes one time, eighth notes one time, but in reality, if I'm practicing, I would utilize those rhythmic approaches. I would practice them several times. So here we go. Let's bring the ensemble in. Let's listen to our treatment of the minor arpeggio, C minor arpeggio, using Red Garland style. Octaves with the fifth. Here we go. Mm-hmm. 
Wow, how nice is that, right? And again, now our arpeggio sounds completely different. Our melody, right? Think of the arpeggio as a melody. This is how you could be treating a melody of a standard or any tune that you're playing, right? So we're just using our arpeggio as kind of our uh, drafting board, if you will. Okay, so um, what a difference, right? Now all of a sudden that C minor arpeggio with using the octave with octaves with the fifth dropped in the middle, that chime effect gives us an entirely different sound, an entirely different treatment to that melody line, to that arpeggio. Very nice. So okay, let's let's move on to melodic uh, to uh, minor arpeggio treatment number four, and this is what I call the locked hands treatment or the George Shearing style. We're going to play our root third fifth and seventh in octaves again, but we're going to split the octaves instead of playing it in one hand like we did with the Red Garland style. We're going to play uh, take our left hand. Play middle C. Take your right hand, little finger, play the C an octave above that middle C. So now we have an octave played uh, using both hands. My left hand thumb is on middle C. My right hand little finger is on the C an octave above. Now I'm going to fill in my C minor sound, right, um, with with additional notes from the uh, arpeggio. So I'm going to have my E flat in my right hand, my G and my B flat. Very nice. Now I'm going to go to my E flat and I'm filling in between between my uh, octaves. I'm filling in with notes of the arpeggio and I have a G B flat C nestled in between my octaves E flat. Now I go to my G Split between the two hands, right? And now I have in between my octaves my B flat, C, and E flat. Now I go to my B flat, my seventh. Again, octaves, B flat, split between two hands, my right hand, my left hand, with the C minor triad nestled in between them. So when I put this all together as a flowing arpeggio, coming back down. Nice, right? Wow. Classic George Shearing locked hands style. So now let's bring our ensemble in. Let's drop this into a musical context. Again, I'm going to play, play uh, the arpeggio using locked hands, using half notes, then quarter notes, then eighth notes, and then I'm going to improvise using locked hands. And again, when I'm improvising, I'm only going to use the notes of the arpeggio, the root, third, fifth, and seventh. I am restricting myself to using those four notes. The logic is simple. you got to get comfortable using, applying this treatment using four notes before you can get used to applying it using seven notes or 12 notes, right? It only makes sense. So here we go. Let's bring the ensemble in. Let's listen to our melody. 
Let's listen to our C minor arpeggio using ascending and descending motion with the George Shearing locked hands style. Okay, here we go. Let's check it out. is a classic sound, right? That is a classic jazz sound um, used by just about every jazz pianist I've ever listened to, right? So, um, man, enjoy the locked hands treatment to any melody, right? And certainly practice it on your minor sounds, your minor arpeggios first to help get you started. Okay, hey, I mentioned earlier the educational podcast guides, the illustrations, the lead sheets, and the play-alongs that are available for all Jazz Piano Skills members to use. And I strongly suggest that you do. They're invaluable. Uh, They will maximize your musical growth and help you successfully digest today's lesson. No question about it, right? All these treatments are mapped out for you using those educational guides. But I also want you to check out the Jazz Piano Skills courses as well. And again, easily accessible for all of you Jazz Piano Skills members. Uh, The Jazz Piano Skills courses make up a tremendous sequential jazz curriculum that utilizes a self-paced format packed, and I mean packed, with all kinds of goodies detailed instruction and illustrations, in-depth educational talks, interactive learning media, traditional guides and worksheets that you can download and utilize, high-definition video demonstrations in all 12 keys. I model every skill in all 12 keys so you can see hand movement, fingerings, and so on. Uh, There are play-along tracks and lead sheets for you to use. And, of course, professional and personal educational support is provided by me as well. 
And uh, all of the courses, as are the educational guides, have easy access using uh, mobile access using any of your smart devices, whether that be your laptop or desktop computer, your tablet, your phone, or your TV, or even your watch. So be sure to check out the interactive courses at jazzpianoskills.com. Okay, our final minor arpeggio treatment for today is what I call the fourthy structures commonly uh, associated with players like Herbie Hancock, Chick Corea. Um, and the fourth these structures, again, uh, it's almost kind of like a locked hands approach, right? But we're using uh, intervals based on the fourth as opposed to thirds, traditional thirds, like we did with the George Shearing style. So now we're going to play our uh, C minor arpeggio, but beneath each note of the melody, the C, the E-flat, the G, and the B-flat. We're going to use common fourthy structures, right? So my C, underneath my note C, in my left hand, I'm going to have an E-flat, an A, followed by a D, G, and C in my right hand, right? Then I go to my E-flat, and in my left hand, I'm going to have a G and C, followed by my F, B-flat and E-flat in my right hand. Now I'm going to go to the melody, note, the melody note G, or the fifth. And in my left hand, I'm going to have a C, F, my right hand, B, E-flat, and then that G up on top. Now my last melody note is the seventh, the B-flat. In my left hand, I'm going to have a D and a G. And in my right hand, a C, F and B flat. So when I play those shapes, those fourthy structures, as an arpeggio, it's going to sound like this. treatment change the C minor arpeggio or what? <laughs> wow. So let's bring the ensemble in and let's listen to this treatment. Let's place it into a musical context and see what we think. And once again, you're going to hear me play uh, the treatment using half notes at first, then quarter notes, then eighth notes, and then a little improvisation using those shapes. So let's bring the ensemble in, let's check it out and see what we think. Here we go.
That is so stinking cool, right? Wow. So, hey, before I go on, I think I I caught myself. I gave you one of the voicings. I said B instead of B flat, right? I think when I was given out, uh, you know, I said uh, on the fourth voicing, I said G in my left hand, C in my right hand, and I went F, and it's supposed to be B flat, E flat with the third on top. I think I said B. I don't want to confuse anybody, right? We're talking C minor, so it's always going to be E flat and B flat, right? The arpeggio. So I just mentioned that because I don't want to uh, f- f- cause any confusion unnecessarily. So anyway, so how cool were all the treatments, right? From a single note treatment like Bud Powell to a unison line, right? O- uh, unison line between both hands like an Oscar Peterson. Then a red uh, garland approach, right? Octaves in the right hand with the fifth dropped in the middle. Then Classic locked hands, George Shearing approach. Octaves split between the right hand and the left hand, filling in the chord tones beneath those, uh, between those, between the octaves. And then the fourth E structures, the kind of the Herbie Hancock, Chick Corea approach, right? Five treatments to be able to take a C minor sound and play it as an arpeggio, root, third, fifth, and seventh. It will transform your playing, right? How nice, how artistic will it be for you to be able to orchestrate melodies that you play within the tunes that you are playing and utilize various treatments to do so? Wow. Well, I hope you have found this Jazz Piano Skills podcast lesson, Exploring Minor Arpeggio Treatments, to be insightful and, of course, extremely beneficial. Don't forget, if you are a Jazz Piano Skills member, which you should be, I will see you on Thursday evening at the Jazz Piano Skills Masterclass at 8 p.m. Central Time to discuss this podcast episode lesson in greater detail and to answer any question that you may have about any aspect of playing jazz piano. Also, as a Jazz Piano Skills member, be sure to use the educational podcast guides for this lesson and the Jazz Piano Skills courses. Both of them will maximize your musical growth big time. And likewise, make sure you are an active participant of the Jazz Piano Skills forums and private Facebook group. Get involved and make some new jazz piano friends from around the world. As always, you can reach me by phone, 972-380-8050, extension 211, by email, drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com, that's drlawrence at jazzpianoskills.com, or by SpeakPipe, found on the Jazz Piano Skills website in the educational podcast guides, as well as in the Jazz Piano Skills courses. Tons of ways to get in touch with me. So, that's it for now. And until next week, enjoy the journey. And most of all, have fun as you discover, learn, and play jazz piano. Jazz piano.